Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Johnson Wax Program. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's self-polishing glow coat present Marion and Jim Jordan as Fibber McGee and Molly with Donald Novis, the Four Notes, and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with The Ladies in Love with You. A few weeks ago, we announced a sensational new labor-saving product, a double-action cleaner and wax polish for automobiles called Johnson's Car New, C-A-R-N-U. Since then, unsolicited letters have been pouring in from listeners everywhere who say that Johnson's Car New is even easier to use, gives more wonderful results than they believe possible. Some of these comments are from women who wax polish their own cars without help. Now, if you want your car to take on a brilliant, gleaming polish, if you want the finish to look as bright as it did the day it was new, then get a can of Johnson's Car New at once. Remember, this is a double-action cleaner. It cleans and wax polishes your car in one simple, easy operation. The liquid is easily and quickly applied. It dries almost immediately to a white powder. Wipe off the powder, and off goes the old dirty film. Streaks and stains disappear like magic. Your car shines like a mirror without any hard rubbing. Why, the whole job can be done in an hour. Johnson's Car New is for sale at filling stations, auto supply stores, garages, and at your regular wax dealers. Try it, and you'll agree that your car looks like new when you use Car New. determined to find out just what sort of guy he really is. Of course, he could ask people, but Fibber was never one to stick his neck out unnecessarily. So here in the living room at 79 Westful Vista, typing a letter to the famous handwriting analyst, Professor John Hancock, we find Fibber McGee and Molly. Bell on that typewriter, dearie. Yeah. It used to belong to a sports writer. He used it as a prize fight. I'm enclosing a coin in lieu of the 25 cents in stamps. Hey, Molly, how do you spell Lou? Lou who? <laughs> Not Lou anybody. I mean Lou, as in lieu of. Oh, that. L-O-O, McGee. Oh. <laughs> well, that's what I got. <laughs> Funny how you can spell a word correct and it still don't look right. Yeah. <laughs> Awaiting your immediate reply, I am yours truly, Fibber McGee. <laughs> now, let's see. I'll have to enclose a sample of my handwriting. Come in. Fibber McGee? <clears throat> you betcha, bud. Do you need a gag writer? 
No, we don't. <laughs> oh, no? <laughs> you think he got us confused with somebody else, Mom? No, I think we got him confused with us. <laughs> what do you expect this handwriting expert to tell you, dearie? Well, I'll bet he tells me that I'm the creative type, Molly. A dreamer. Oh, how wonderful. Being a dreamer and still able to do things. Do you think so? Yes, anyone who can dream and snore at the same time. <laughs> Gee, I wonder if that's an answer from the handwriting expert. Why, you haven't mailed your application yet. Oh, that's right. Come in. Ah, there, Dropstick. Oh, hi, Boomer. Good day to you, my dear. Just dropped in with a little proposition. Splendid investment. I plan to open a small casino on the outskirts of town. For an adventuresome citizen may do his best to repeal the laws of chance. Oh, a gambling place. We wouldn't be interested, Mr. Boomer. It's again the law. What a coincidence. So am I. <laughs> I have the floor plans right here. Plan to call it the safety pin. Safety pin? Oh, I get it. Every time it opens, somebody gets stuck. <laughs> Don't you get it, Boomer? I says every time. Sorry, we don't pay off on double zero. Now, <laughs> where I put those floor plans? Floor plans. Here's a heavy rubber band. Found it in an overcoat in a restaurant. Round roll of bills. <laughs> Little dandy glass cutter. Very therapeutic for jewelry store windows. Minor operation and the pain is gone. <laughs> Pair of white gloves. Ducky, aren't they? Made by the Snow White Glove Company. Guaranteed not to leave your prints. Well, well, imagine that. No floor plan. Wait till the wheels stop spinning, my dear. I want to put those floor plans. Here's a gold-plated shoe horn. Very useful. Never know when some heel is going to get in a tight spot. Ah, what's this? An invitation to an art exhibit. Must drop in and see the new sculpture. Always like to know what the other chiselers are doing. <laughs> Elk's tooth needs brushing. Maybe Bob Hope would give it a guest appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, chum. Let's eat him. <laughs> Small revolver. Dangerous little weapon. An old friend of mine was shot with this six times. <laughs> My mistake, five times. <laughs> Well, well, imagine that. No floor plans. Wonder what could have happened to them. Probably the same thing as the egg the little red hen dropped in the mud, Boomer. Not lost, just mislaid. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad yoke if you could clean it up. <laughs> Good day, Timber Skull. Light. 
to be saying I'm yours tonight. Your heart called and I gladly obeyed. Neath the spell of a new and an old serenade. That was Donald Nova singing A New Moon and an Old Serenade. And Don is one creative artist to another. I can't speak too highly of your rendition. <laughs> well, thanks, Fibber. What have you created lately? Oh, he's creating an imaginary character of himself, Mr. Novus. He just mailed a letter to have his handwriting analyzed. <clears throat> yeah, you see, Don, I just want to verify everybody's opinion of me as being the artistic type. Oh, okay. You know, sensitive and emotional and anesthetic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, I think it's a very valuable thing to get acquainted with yourself. Well, yes. Mm-hmm. But you meet an awfully lot of strange people that way. <laughs> See you later, folks. There's too many comedians on this show. Name one. <laughs> if I get any more ribs tonight, I'm going to open a barbecue joint. <laughs> Chuck, just because a guy wants to improve himself, come in. How do you do, Mrs. Uppington? Oh, how do you do, Mrs. McGee? And Mr. McGee? Hi, Uppy. <laughs> I just stopped in to inquire to know if you know who is the best interior decorator in town. Interior decorator? Yes, you see, I'm having my house done completely over. I want everything done in modern. You're doing what? No. <laughs> she means modern, dearie. Oh. You know, the kind of furniture that looks like it was designed by an acrobat and built by a geometry teacher. <laughs> Oh, but my dear, it is so effective. And my house does need decorating badly. Now, let me see. It hasn't been done completely over since, um... Oh, dear, now, let me see. I think it was four years ago. No, five. Five years ago on my birthday. Oh. I had just turned 32. <laughs> 32. <laughs> Careful there, Uppy. You took that turn awful fast. <laughs> She's well banked. Well, very amusing, I'm sure. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Uppy. I don't know where you could get any better advice on interior decoration than I could give you. Oh, really? Did you ever do any decorating, Mr. McGee? Did I? Remember that new ritzy residential suburb that was built a couple of years ago? Snob Hollow? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, McGee designed every mustache on every billboard in the whole suburb. <laughs> yeah, I never know such a thing, Molly. I, I done the beards. <laughs> More toops done the mustaches. He was taller than I was. <laughs> but frankly, Mrs. Uppington, I've always been interested in artistic things. Now, I think for your living room... Uh, you mean my drawing room? Yes, for your front parlor. <laughs> I do the upholstery insured mulberry cranzafrance with the wide edging of penny point Kresnavitz. Don't you think so, Molly? 
Well, uh, yes, if you're sure they'd go with the pastel botnitkin. <laughs> well, good heavens, really, I must be dreadfully behind the times. What on earth is a, a botnitkin? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, that's the latest thing in Davenswaddles, Eppie. <laughs> but you can only use them in a room that has a large planetary completely around the crevice <laughs> Oh, my, I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> Well, perhaps I'm just a silly girl, but if the Smithkins are the things, I shall insist on the Smithkins. Well, I'll always be glad to help you, Abby. That's characteristic of me. An artistic streak with a strain of the... Uh, of uh... Just make it a strain, dear. <laughs> well, I certainly will appreciate it so much. And, uh, oh, Mr. McGee, I do admire your artistic restraint. Restraint? Yes. <laughs> I see you've restrained yourself from doing anything artistic with this house. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, dear, perhaps you found the, the Snitkins too ventiful for the creed warp of your particular upper stratahoot. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> I bet she didn't know what she was talking about. I didn't either. <laughs> Me too. Same here. Oh, hi, Harlow. Glad you came in. I just wrote for an analysis of my handwriting. I want to see what it indicates besides initiative, imagination, and dramatic ability. Well, there's nothing like dramatic ability. The play's the thing. The show must go on. Yes, it show must. <laughs> what do you know about it, Harlow? You're the practical type. Full of hard facts, brass tacks, and Johnson's wax. <laughs> Well, I've got imagination, too. Look, here's a little dramatic playlet I've dashed off. What? Let's run through it and see how it sounds. Oh, sure. Look, here's a part for you, Fibber. Here's your part, Molly. Oh. I've got mine here. It's a one-act play laid in ancient Egypt. And something tells me you should have left it laid. <laughs> oh, now, look. Molly, you play the part of Cleopatra. I'm Mark Antony. And, Fibber, you're King Tut. On stage, everybody. Curtain. Music, maestro, please. Ah, there, Mark Anthony. Sidney Doon. Slave, bring Mark Anthony a hunk of ambrosia and a slug of nectar. <laughs> Thanks, Tut. Well, nice pyramid you've got here. Oh, not bad. Still working on it, Si. As a matter of fact, if you come back years later, you'll still find me all wrapped up in it. <laughs> I hope you got the flowers I sent you for Mummy's Day. <laughs> Shall we go on? <laughs> ah, come in, Cleopatra. Here's your Roman Romeo. Hi, Cleo. Hi, bud. <laughs> Say, Cleo, I saw you in your last picture, The Dance of the Seven Veils. And if you'll take my advice, you'll demand a recount. <laughs> Easy, Mark. I mean, uh... <laughs> None of your lip, Mr. Anthony. <laughs> well, come on, honey. Put your scarabs on and let's take a chariot ride. <laughs> I know a swell joint to eat in. It's called Nebuchadnezzar's Nook on the Nile. And, baby, you ought to taste their barbecued camel. <laughs> oh, no, you don't. The last time one of you Romans took me for some barbecued camel, I had to walk back a mile. <laughs> Besides, I refuse to ride in that awful old dusty chariot of yours. Uh-oh, boy loses girl. Wax gets plugged. <laughs> ah, Cleo, you should see my chariot now. A wise man, the son of John, brought me some precious ointment out of the West. It is called John's Son's Car New. 
Yes, I read about it in this morning's parchment. Ah, Cleo, his wonderful stuff. Both cleans and wax polishes in one simple operation. You just apply it to the clean surface of your chariot, let it dry, and wipe it off. And there's your chariot with a beautiful wax polish, gleaming and sparkling like the morning sun on the Red Sea. Oh, that's wonderful, Mark. It's very dusty on the Red Sea at this time of year. Well, leave it to Carnew to protect your chariot against the sun and the sand and the rain. Better get some yourself, Tut. <laughs> I'll do that, bud. But it's going to throw a lot of slaves out of work. Well, run along, kids, and have a good time. Okay, Pop. Come on, Cleo. I have to be back in Rome tomorrow. We're building a dam across the Tiber River. What's that for, Mark? To hold that Tiber. Hold that Tiber! Hold that Tiber! Hold that Tiber! Wasn't that realistic, dearie? Too. <laughs> Excuse me while I dump the sand out of me sandals. <laughs> oh, it wasn't bad, but the, that plot wasn't consistent. If Anthony had used Carnu, you'd never have met him. Why not? Well, after you use that stuff on your chariot, there's never a mark on it. Oh, my. <laughs> Crawl in. Oh, no, excuse me. I thought we were still in the pyramid. <laughs> Hello there, Johnny. Here's a letter for you. Well, thank you, old-timer. Are you a mailman now? <laughs> she said, are you a mail carrier now? I think it's a good job for you, old-timer. With your pigeon toes, you'd make a good carrier. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, Johnny. But that ain't the way I heard it. <laughs> the way I heard it, a moonshiner says to a revenue officer... Say, says, did you get the message I sent you about that steel up on the ridge? Yep, says Revenuer, but I tore it up. I thought it was just another mash note. <laughs> I know that mountain country pretty well, Johnny. Been up there collecting jokes on the trail of the lonesome pond. <laughs> Let me see. Oh, say, can you beat this? It's an answer from Professor Hancock, the handwriting expert. What, already? Why, yeah. you only mailed your letter 15 minutes ago. That's wonderful service. It is, isn't it? Mr. Farley must be running for president, too. <laughs> Listen to this, Molly. It says, Dear Client, as the foremost exponent of uh, graphology... Uh, hey, Molly, what's graphology? Why, that's easy, dearie. Ology means the study of, and graph means zeppelin. Uh-huh. He's got you analyzed as a big gas bag. Well, can you imagine this, Molly? I was all wrong. What? I ain't artistic. He says I'm the muscular athletic type. He says I got the same handwriting as all the great wrestlers. Strangler Lewis, Stanislaus Sabisco, and Man Mountain Dean. Huh. Well, you can't make a mountain out of a molehill. I got half a mind to get back in training right away and make some big no, Molly. What, what do you mean? Sure, make some big dough. Come on, get your hat, Molly. Oh. We're going down to the athletic club. Uh, what? One side, everybody. Here comes Mauler McGee. Oh, gee. I wandered today to the hill, Maggie, to watch the scene below. The creaking, old man. 
as we used to long, long ago. The green grove is gone from the hill, Maggie, where first the pretty daisies sprung. Do-do-do-do. The creaking old mill is still, Maggie, since you, you and I were young. And now we are aged and gray, Maggie, and the trials of life are nearly done. Let us sing of the days that are gone, Maggie, when you and I were young. Well, Maggie, my own. Well, Maggie, my own. Although they say we are people with age, Maggie, and our steps aren't as sprightly as them. Dari, dari, our faces are a well-written page. Well, Maggie, but time, time alone was the best. They say we are agents. And gray, hey, 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 Maggie, as gray by the white breakers flung thee to me, you're as fair as you were, Maggie, when you and I were young. Maggie, my queen, Maggie, my dream, Maggie, you're the same Folks, that was the four notes singing when you and I were strong, or when you and I were young, Maggie. <laughs> Guess I got muscles on the brain tonight, Molly. <laughs> well, they'll never get any exercise there. <laughs> I wonder if 5,000 bucks is too much to ask for my first bow. If I can get about... Oh, here's the athletic club, Molly. Come on in. Heavenly <laughs> days, what a place. How can these wrestlers train in all this cigar smoke, McGee? That's part of the training, Molly. It'd be silly to train in fresh air and then wrestle in a lot of cigar smoke. <laughs> if there's something you folks wanted, I'm the manager of the joint. Just a professional visit, bud. I'm a wrestler myself. Ever hear of Mauler McGee, the Mad Mastodon of the Mat? Oh, yes. You said you used to be the heavyweight wrestling champion. <laughs> no, I never was, bud. Well, for goodness sake. Hey, Joyky, come here a minute. Here's a wrestler who was never the heavyweight champion. <laughs> Meet up with Marlon McGee and his mom. Well, how do you do, I'm sure. Hi, Jerky. Well, I'm very pleased to make your acquaintance. I'm very pleased to make your acquaintance. Your acquaintance. To make your acquaintance. Hello, folks. Oh, uh, are you a wrestler, too, Mr. Jerky? Oh, no. He, he works for Gabby the Grunt. Oh, manager? No, I'm employed in another capacity. In another capacity. I'm not his manager. I'm not his manager. My job is more in the na- in the nation. Say, let's start over, huh? Why, certainly. Now, uh, uh, what do you do for Mr. Gabby the Grunt? I'm his instructor in elocution. I'm his instructor in elocution. Elo- I'm his groaning instructor. Well, there's more to this business than I thought. Have they got somebody else to teach him to make all in faces? Oh, there's nothing artificial. There's nothing artificial. I mean, if you're a boy, if you're born with a count with a physiognomy, what I mean to say. Wrestlers don't make faces like that. It's faces like that that make wrestlers. <laughs> well, I'm very glad to have made your acquaintance. I'm glad to have made your acquaintance. Oh, I tried that before, didn't I? <laughs> so long. Oh, 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 oh,
bruisers, McGee. Do they have to play so rough? Oh, we get used to it, Molly. <clears throat> oh, look, McGee, what's that little girl doing in a place like this? That's me. Oh, hello there, little girl. Hi, pal. Well, ain't you kind of young to be hanging around a place like this? Why? Why, you ought to be home in bed. I bet you hadn't, I bet you. <laughs> oh, yes, you have. Why, certainly, this is no place for a little girl. No, I think we'd better report this to the juvenile authorities. Gee, I bet you're just the man me papa was talking about, I bet you. Huh? Hmm? Who is your papa? Just a gorilla. Oh. <laughs> and he's one of the best guys in the racket, too, I bet you. <laughs> Oh, he is, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hmm? I says, what do you mean when your papa was talking about me? He don't know me from Adam Soft, what you call it. Gee, maybe he didn't mean you. You're kind of bald. Huh? What you mean, sis? Well, me papa told me if anybody made any wisecracks to me, he'd pin the so-and-so's ears back. But your hair's too short, mister. <laughs> now... Goodbye now. I gotta go see if full face Benny is true with me skipping rope. Put <laughs> <laughs> them mugs trying to wrestle, will you? Well, I could look any two of them if I was blindfolded and had arthritis. Say, is you's been in the wrestling game long, buddy? Oh, several minutes. Who, me, bud? <laughs> Chucks, I've been a wrestler ever since I was born. Used to take my nursemaid 22 minutes to pin my shoulders down to my crib. Uh, <laughs> you yep. don't say. Yep, I was booked for matches all over the country. Why, when I opened up, the heat was on. <laughs> Book Match McGee, I was known as in them days. Oh, dear. Book Match McGee, the brawniest, brainiest brawler that ever battled a batch of beetle browed bozos to a badly battered bunch of bruised bones, blurbed as the biggest box office bonanza of the Biff Bam business, booed by billions of brainless bums for my brutal bombardment of bull-headed boobs, and ballyhooed as the best bicep bulger from Boston where I beat the best to the boulevards of Budapest. <laughs> I think you's just the guy we've been looking for. Gabby the Grunt's been looking for a guy to work out with. Oh, he has, has he? Well, let me in there with that guy. I'll show him some new twists. Here, hold my coat. Mike. Oh, now, wait a minute, McGee. After all, you know... McGee! Go on, lady. Let him have his fun. Look at the midget. Look at poor little McGee in the ring with that big bruiser. Looks like a ventriloquist act. Oh. Well, I don't know. Not with two dummies. <laughs> Hey, look at him go, lady. McGee, be careful. Get down off of that man's hand. You better stand aside, lady. He's going to throw him this way. That's too bad, pal. Here comes Gabby the Grunt to apologize, though. Oh, oh, hi, Gabby. Boy, are you strong. You must have been wrestling a long time. No, it's just a hobby. <laughs> I have to keep in trim after sitting at a desk all day long. <laughs> at a desk? Ain't you a professional wrestler? No. Confidentially, I'm Professor John Hancock, the handwriting ex expert. Oh, sure. <laughs> In the summer months, the wise woman plans her work so she can have more time to be out of doors enjoying herself, more time to spend with her family. 
Do you know that there's an easy way to keep your floors sparkling and clean without scrubbing? Just let Johnson's self-polishing glow coat shine your floors for you. Glow coat quickly gives a sleek, glossy polish that defies dirt. Wouldn't you rather rest or read or go to a movie than to spend your time scrubbing floors? Why, of course you would. Tomorrow, then, buy a can of Johnson's Glow Coat. Spread this remarkable liquid lightly over the clean floor with a soft cloth or the long-handled Glow Coat applier. Then take it easy for 20 minutes while Glow Coat dries to a gleaming polish that protects the floor from children's scuffing shoes, from dirt and stains. Ask for Glow Coat, G-L-O hyphen C-O-A-T. Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, the easy-to-use polish that makes floors and linoleum shine like new without rubbing or buffing. Oh, oh, hey, Molly, put another pillow under my back. Oh, all right, dearie. Better let me take your specs, too. What's the matter? They broke? No, I'll put them away until your ears straighten out again. Good night. Good night, all. You'll be sure to see the 15 beautiful model homes in the town of tomorrow. On all the floors and woodwork of these homes, Johnson's wax polishes are used exclusively. This is Harlow Wilcox inviting you all to join us again next Tuesday night. Good night. The selection the ladies in love with you heard on this program is from the production Some Like It Hot. This is the National Broadcasting Company.